on my gravestone it will say he watched more <laughs> kickboxer than the people that made kickboxer i don't want my cheese puffs to get moldy and, and old and stay <laughs> oh, i've moved Man. on to my, my little gummy snacks now uh, i'm glad my concept has grasped so <laughs> the hair is long and curly in this movie along with some good special effects i might add Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net brought to you by two cups of coffee, because the first one I made was a piece of bullshit, and it tasted like decaf, there's some kind of conspiracy going on, and the second one I made was too damn strong, so now there's going to be lots of whiskey, and my <laughs> movie this week made me so happy, so if you don't like bad language, might not be the episode for you. Okay, <laughs> let's move right on to the roulette. <clears throat> Where we force each other to watch movies so that we don't have to, and boy, did I eat a green one for everybody this week. Uh, Eugene, you have the pole position. Please give us your review of Uncanny. Um, okay. Um, well, first of all, hi, everyone. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm Eric Marner. <laughs> um, coffee, coffee, coffee. I'm Matt. Uh, Eugene. Yeah. I'm Jess. I came back. And, <laughs> yes. Thanks for coming back. It sounded like you needed it, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wheels fell off last week, and then caught fire. <laughs> yes, and then rolled into an orphanage in a big ball of American Ninja flames. <laughs> so uncanny. Yes, uncanny. Directed by Matthew, whatever his last name is. I know him for, as the director of Dead and Breakfast, which I did like uh, quite a bit. Although maybe I should revisit that after watching this, and maybe I'm full of shit. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so Uncanny is, um, uh, it's ex machina, but not good. And anything else? Um, Mark Weber, what are you doing in this? Because you were cool in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and 13 Sins. Not quite sure what you're doing in this. You're a pretty good actor, but here you weren't good. Uh, same with everybody else. Rain Wilson, what are you doing in this movie? You're funny. You're not cool in this. Uh, it's, everybody mumbles to each other, and it's supposed to be way more intelligent than it is. It's, it's Ex Machina, but not good. I mean, it, literally, the storyline is a complete ripoff of that Ex Machina, unless for some reason it was made before Ex Machina. But it, at first, I'm like, oh, okay, it's shot very, very well. And, uh, you know, I, I recognize the, the faces in the movie. I'm like, okay, these are not no names. I, I, these people have been in movies, other movies. And very, very soon, I'm like, oh, this is going to be Ex Machina all over again. Mm -hmm. And, oh, we got a really, really, really pretty actress that seems way too pretty for who she is and what she's supposed to be doing in the movie. Like, if that makes sense. Like, I will jump in here. I watched about 30 minutes of this movie uh, <clears throat> before I turned it off. Uh, still better than my movie because I had no suicidal thoughts in those 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't think it was so much that she was too pretty. Uh, she was too young. She, she is one of the pretty faces. She looks like she's 16 and she's supposed to be super smart and PhDs and stuff mm -hmm. and a reporter or something. And I was like, what? No, no. You needed a mature, more mature, uh, looking person for that role. Agreed. So it, it's not quite like when they try when when sci-fi original tries to make us believe Tara reads a, a bio whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody believing that. No, I don't think it. I didn't feel that as much. It just felt like she was yeah. way too young. Because they were talking about her having PhDs and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, where we just logistically take you ten years to get through yeah. school and you yeah. don't look like you. Yeah. 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 
Well, and it's the type of movie where it's like no matter what is going on in the movie, no matter what type of 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 serious moment or what time of day it is, she's always perfect looking, and it it literally draws me like like come on, really? You wake up in the middle of the night and you've got makeup on and whatever. Yep. Yeah, the movie sucked. <laughs> Moving on. Next. I didn't like it at all. No. Uh, and I, 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 I turned it off as well after 30 minutes, um, because it was just subpar. I just wasn't involved and it was a poor man's ex machina. I thought of the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Even the guy that was playing the, uh, AI robot thing wasn't convincing yeah. as an AI robot. It looked like there was emotion behind his questions and his responses. Whereas in ex machina, there didn't appear to be uh, emotion behind her eyes when she was saying these things. You know, the guy is moving his eyebrows, like, what am I doing yeah. this? It just felt like a guy trying to play a robot. And it didn't... Yeah. Yeah, I was like, ah, I'm good. It was... It, yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, next. Yes, in the basement. <laughs> um. Well, I, I didn't fare any better. And I blame this purely on being misled as to what I was supposed to watch. Because... I picked In the Basement. I know it feels like I, I haven't been here for two weeks, so I had to really struggle to remember what I even had to watch. Um, so I picked In the Basement, and because of Eric's description from Netflix stating that this is basically a documentary of seemingly unremarkable people and their weird obsessions that they have, like, in their basement or whatever. So I'm thinking, like, okay, people collecting weird stuff or just something along that lines and i i don't i don't know what happened because at some point we 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 stopped just being really really weird people and just went into straight on like dominatrix porn what <laughs> and it was just like just just exactly what you just said was my entire reaction so this move and i didn't realize this was a foreign film to begin with and foreign documentaries always kind of like t- have an adjustment period for me because if I'm watching foreign movies, I generally well, I'm watching fiction, so I just I have to get myself in the mindset. Mm-hmm. So it starts out; it's really super Lynchian, like it's just like lingering shots of weird, just people, these very strange people in these weird, bland backdrops. Um, and I believe it's all German, but I I could be wrong in that. And it starts out. Like, going from each person to each person, it starts out with this guy singing opera. And he's just singing opera for at least three to four minutes. And this is the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, I have made a terrible decision. (laughs) No, it sounds like we were both deceived by the Netflix synopsis. That doesn't sound anything. No. So, basically, the the first guy is, his secret is that he's actually, like, a huge, he sings opera, but he's a huge gun nut. And so he has, like, all this gun stuff in his basement. And it shows, like, him and his friends having a discussion. And it turns out he's also really super Islamophobic. So there's, like, okay. a lot of racist talk among them. And then we move on to this other guy who cre- or who, who um, collects Nazi paraphernalia and is, like, really into Nazis. And not just as a World War II buff, just, like, really <laughs> into Nazis. And then there's a lady. It gets, starts to progress weird because it's building up and building up for these last few people. And probably my breaking point was this lady who kept a baby doll in a box in her basement that she treated like a real baby when she took it out of the box. And this is when I went, okay, this isn't a documentary about like, like I was thinking something along the lines of hoarders or something like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But these these people, these people are all very 
disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> At least some of them are. Other Others are just really like the, you know, the dude who's really into Nazis and the other guy who's really hates Islamic people. And it's just, I'm like, what am I watching? And then all of a sudden <laughs> it gets to this very large, very hairy man who decide who who's like they're they're introducing him and he takes off all his clothes and he's cleaning the house naked and I'm like okay well that's a weird thing but I'm not going to think too much about it until his wife comes along and turns out he's like her her total submissive BDSM kind of guy and it gets weird. It gets really weird. Like that picture I sent you. I sent up a picture yeah. of this guy on all fours in the bathroom. Boris Karloff from like, yeah, from yeah. While this lady's sitting there and she's peeing, and I'm going to tell you this just because if you haven't decided not to watch this movie yet, I really need you to stop because it's really hot. Is that what gets, you're saying? No, he gets on all fours. She pees, and then he is toilet paper. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. And so gotcha. I'm going to be f- completely honest with you guys. I fast forwarded through the last <laughs> half an hour of this because it turned to straight like it was legitimately I was watching dominatrix porn because at one point she's got him like on a table and she's doing weird stuff to his, you know, his dick. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I approve yeah, of that wow. fast forwarding. That's OK. That is not at all what I was expecting from that. No, movie. not at all. <laughs> It wow. was just okay. I, was, I was really super thrown off, and I'm like, okay, Netflix, you just you just totally cheated me into watching porn. Yeah, really. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, I'm gonna give a big uh, big no to this movie. It, it it's interesting to explore people with that background and all that stuff, but just not the way they did it, and not for the description that they put on it. I agree. Well, Eric, surely. Oh, from, Your movie oh, has to let's be better go than from these. Shiza Essen over to uh, <laughs> straight up feeding it to good old American eating a bowl of shit. There's this movie, uh, Meet the Firm, Revenge in Rio, uh, hunting the Russian mobsters that murdered their friend. Football hooligans Eddie and Damien follow drug dealers to Brazil during the World Cup. Uh, let's see here. I was very confused to start off the movie because, huh, it's part three in a series. And I would, let's oh, just... No. <laughs> oh, Eugene loves this. Uh, he, oh, he's so happy right now. Funny. <laughs> oh, this guy... I, I don't even want to talk about it. Fuck the guy that made the movie. Fuck the people in the movie. Fuck the people that saw part one and part two and therefore made this part three. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hated every frame of this piece of shit. It took, I think I timed it out. It took 17 or 18 minutes until it got to the opening credit title card yeah that's what that that's this kind of movie yeah oh it was so bad how long was it in a a, a lifetime (laughs) 102 minutes yeah sucks what's funny is because seriously that is like a huge no-no like you don't do that that screams amateur oh everything about this movie was amateur and that's the worst part that's what makes it so bad is that it was yeah completely mediocre, terrible shit. It wasn't even so god-awful that you could laugh at it. It was just like, we're making a movie and we're doing things and the audience is like, what? Everything is incompetent (laughs) in this movie. I I don't even want to talk about it. Next round, Eugene. 
So we hit, we had a bad roulette round, guys. Yeah, yes. We're really sorry. Increased. We can't recommend anything. I was cussing at Eugene. I was like, "You got to vet these. You got to do more research. Watch the trailers and shit." Because I mean, damn, dude, no one should be forced on this. <laughs> For, I will say this: I did watch, uh, per your request, I did watch up to the opening credits, and I'm like, "Nope, I'm good." I I, I fully understand where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, and I, I was cussing him out in uh, texting, and then he goes, "Oh, you haven't watched <laughs> my hipster piece of bullshit." So I went and watched the first thirty minutes, and let me tell you, that's an Oscar winner compared to this <laughs> flaming dog shit. Yeah, oh. well, you guys didn't get duped into watching weird German dominatrix porn, so... Oh, what a weird roulette this was. I do think... Like, I want you guys to check it out a little bit, just to see. Just just to I know my be. shock that I had. I'll take 15 minutes and fast forward. The Shiza Essen. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's eat some more shit. Uh, Eugene, okay. you get to lead the way. Sell us on your movies. The Last Survivors. In a drought-stricken post-apocalyptic Oregon, teenagers try to... <laughs> Teenagers try to, repair, <laughs> to oh, uh, try to repair an old crop duster and fly away to safety from gangs of marauders. And uh, it looks kind of good. It got some okay reviews, I think. Um, so there's that. And it, at least on Netflix, it shows some girl trying to pull herself out of this big pile of oil or sludge or whatever, so it looks kind of cool. Your first two uh, this week were ones I had earmarked to put on this week, just so you know. Oh, okay. Um, next up is The Veil. Uh, this one here didn't get as good of reviews, but I added this because there is, the cast seems to be pretty good, I think. Uh, the Veil, the lone survivor of a mass suicide, revisits the scene years later with a documentary film crew, awakening dark memories and mysterious phenomena. Starring Jessica Alba, Thomas Jane, and Riley Rabe, I think is uh, how you pronounce. But anyway, uh, horror movie. It looks okay. Um, regardless of anybody picks it or not, that's definitely one that I'll I'll eventually give a shot to. Um, and then the last one is uh, Fruitvale Station, and I added this one again because a coworker that I work with, Jacob. Watched it and just ranted and raved it with about how fantastic that movie is. And um, I've been wanting to watch it. I know it's kind of heavy subject matter, but I still think that it's going to be. It. I think I personally, I think that is a sure thing. Good movie. Uh, so one of us eventually is going to watch that movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jeff. All right. So I picked a variety of things here. Um, the first one I picked was Adult World. Um, which stars Evan Peters and uh, Emma Roberts. And it's Amy, a naive college graduate who believes she's destined to be a great poet, begrudgingly accepts a job at a sex shop while she pursues a mentorship with reclusive writer Rat Billings. So it got, it's got about six out of ten stars on IMDb and pretty decent ratings overall. I thought it might just be a nice, yeah. easygoing drama. <laughs> All right, so my second one, which is actually the the, the crown jewel of my <laughs> pick here, is uh, Sharknado 3. No. <laughs> um, is When Animals Dream. 16-year-old Marie lives on a small island with her seriously ill mother and her father, who takes care of the family. But suddenly, mysterious deaths happen, and Marie can feel something strangely strange happening to her body. From what I know of this movie, it's a werewolf movie, and it's supposed to be very, very good. And then... 
Yes, the the third pick I've already spoiled, but but let's be honest, none of you are picking this. <laughs> I picked Sharknado three. Well, I haven't seen part one and part two, so I'd be totally confused. You know, I think that you might be able to forgo those first two, at at least the second one. <laughs> I already, I watched a part three last week. I'm good. <laughs> Shark- <laughs> that was unbeknownst to you, at least yeah, going really. into it That's prepared. Right. Yeah. And and I don't really need to give the, sh- the the synopsis. It's just more shark tornadoes happening, and they're in. DC and Florida this time. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well done. Uh, yeah. Adult world. And when an animals dream are, were both already in my queue. So I was like, cool. Uh, for me, first up we have curve and this one is yes. Pointed at Eugene, but I thought yeah. that might be good. So I threw it on there. Uh, curve, a young bride to be, uh, trying to shake a sadistic hitchhiker drives her truck off the road, ends up in a harrowing fight for survival. Maybe a good hitchhike movie, possibly. Uh, next up, Drone. At a roaring 79 minutes. Explore <laughs> the murky world of drone warfare. There seems to, That seems to be the theme this year. Uh, last couple years, it's been robot movies, and now we've got drone movies. There's yeah. one with Ethan Hawke. There's, uh, ah, there's a few of them, but anyway. Uh, yeah, drone warfare or something or other. And lastly, my obligatory uh, documentary is Cartel Land. Four and... I mean, it's like seven eighths stars. That's yeah. how high this thing's rated. This documentary offers an up close look at two vigilante groups that have formed in Mexico in response to the increasing dominance of drug cartels. And I'll probably watch that regardless. That's yeah, that sounds badass. good. <laughs> so I, I always like to have one in there that is that looks very surefire, or at least I try. Uh, Eugene, you get to pick first. Okay. Um, so looking over the list. Um, Adult World was tempting, very tempting, uh, but I do think I'm going to go with Curve. Awesome. Yeah, uh, just, I did a little, re- little research, and that's a Blumhouse movie, um, and so I'm like, well, at the very least, at the very, very least, it will have good production values, and it's not going to be a sci-fi original, maybe? I'm starting to fall away from <laughs> Blumhouse. I don't know about you guys, but, uh... Yeah, I I don't know. I'm st- they're hit or miss. I yeah. mean, Blumhouse has never been fantastic all around, but I think I think they do a decent job. Yeah, Jess. And so I believe I'm continuing the Blumhouse. Actually, I'm going to take the veil. Mm, good. Because uh, I, you know what, it, it might not be the greatest, but I I'm I don't think it can be worse than what I just watched. So I'm, I'm going to hope be that the veil. Yeah, I'm at least hoping that I can can make it through all of the veil. Oh boy! <laughs> I, against my better judgment, I'm gonna jump on the the Bork Bork movie. Uh, when when animals dream, I'll I'll be taking that one. All the names are uh, Swedish, Norwegian. Have flashes something. through the yeah. yeah. They, got, they have all <laughs> kinds of fake letters where there's circles above the letters and dots and yeah. So, Eric, no Fruitvale Station. Man, that's... Uh, oh, you keep chucking that thing out there. I'm just like, eh. uh, Okay. Next round. Uh, curve. The Veil. When Animals Dream. Uh, that should be interesting. Hopefully, I mean, two Blumhouses and a Bork Bork. I mean, we are just gluttons for it. Seriously, I'm calling it. I truly think this is going to be a better roulette uh, upon our reviews next week. There, There is... In my Let's opinion, hope. there it, it has to go up. It has Is to go it, up. That, because... that one's 85 minutes. I automatically like that movie better than the piece of shit that I watch. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Next segment. Uh, Jess, we are finally busting into Jess's top 100. Round one of honorable mentions, number 50 through number 26. Are you ready for this, Jess? I am ready. Have I you am. been uh, struggling greatly with getting your list have... together? Is this is so hard. <laughs> like, I think it's easy. It has to be easier when you get closer to the top because those are the ones that you pretty much already know. But this, like, delegation, especially for honorable mentions, I'm like, but I, I don't know. I don't... Right. So I'm hoping this is just the list that I came up with for 50 through 26. I'm sure if you ask me again next year, it might change a little, but. Uh, that's all right. We're not going to hold you to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it did. It, I, I mean, as far as uh, Eugene, I mean, uh, you agree with me when it got to like top 20, that's when it was easy. Yes. Everything, everything before that was hard. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it, it just once you get to the top twenty, it's like those are your iconic. Yeah, those are the ones that you can go back to. And really, I mean, my my entire list, this whole one hundred and fifty total, is all based on rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there might be some movies that are technically better in a variety of reasons, but they might hit a little higher, and the ones that aren't as great might hit a little, a little closer to home. So. Yeah. That's totally fine. It's your list. You can make it how any damn way you please. So how do we do this then? I just uh, start go, naming off. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, if it's something a little more mainstream, you can just kind of breeze over it. If it's something a little more unique, give us a, a thought on why. Uh, that's it. We'll throw in thoughts as we feel the need to. I guess we'll just you know we're just winging this shit. So feel yeah. free. All right. Okay, so number 50, my my 50th most honorable. Toy Story. Mm. Now, I mentioned last time there were quite a few movies from my childhood, probably more so in the honorable mentions that actually then actually made it to the top 100. But I got to I got to give props to my to my movies that uh, made me who I was as a kid. So, in that same vein, unless you guys have anything to say on Toy Story. <laughs> uh no. God. <laughs> I didn't think so. All right, cool. So number 49, moving on and staying in the same vein, is The Lion King. Oh, okay. I do, I, I do adore that movie. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I, was a to- I was born in 1990, a total 90s kid when it comes to 90s Disney movies. They, they're all fantastic, and I continue to watch them as I get older. So 48, moving on in a completely different direction, is Memoirs of a Geisha. <laughs> i never seen that one. <laughs> Oh man, it's I absolutely love it, and I I. It was my first movie. Like, it was my first sort of. I believe it's Japanese. Um, I believe film, so. Yes. Yeah, film that I have that I had seen that wasn't a horror. Like it was the first Asian specific movie I'd watched that was non horror, and it's just it's gorgeous. The score is great. The story is great. It's you know it's a period piece, so I'm automatically on board when it comes to that. But yeah, I, I love Memoirs of a Geisha, and I think you guys should te- check it out if you haven't. Uh, I have to look here, because there's about three different movies that I, I'm always getting confused that are Zhang Zai movies in that time mm-hmm. frame. Um, I think I saw this one. Anyway, never mind me. <laughs> I watch a lot of these, so I, I might have seen it. Uh, anyway. 47 is going to be... <laughs> I contributed a lot. I might have seen that movie. Thank Maybe you. it might have been okay. I may have seen it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So number 47 is Chicago. I'm a big musical fan when I'm not watching people getting murdered. 
Um, <laughs> and Chicago, I mean, do I think Chicago should have won Best Picture when it did? No, I, I don't think so. I think that was that was a bit much. But it's 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 a good musical. It's it's got awesome the soundtrack and and score is obviously great. Songs are great. Everybody in it's awesome. And I don't really care for Renee Zellweger too much. Nor do but we. In this, yeah, in this in this one, I didn't mind her lemon face too much. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should see her now. She looks completely different. Yeah. I know. I did see that. Not in a good and way. I, like, no. I don't think it's better. <laughs> oh, it was unveiled to me in a movie. Uh, uh, oh, really? Appaloosa, that Western with... Uh, oh, I didn't see that. It's a good movie, but she showed up and I was like, wow, that looks like a really, kind of like a weird Zellweger <laughs> if you look sideways at it. And then I was like, oh, no, it's not. Holy no, it's not. No. And then I looked it up and was like, holy shit, what happened? <laughs> got run over by the train she rode in on okay <laughs> number 46 six yes la confidential good pick which i struggled with having that so far like up on the list but that it just seemed like that should be where it goes i love la confidential i haven't watched it in a very long time which is upsetting i, I do need it's a to damn own it. good movie it's so good. I mean, there's there's nothing not good about that movie. It could have probably easily gone on my regular top 100, but I just I had so much to sift through. So number I'm pretty, 45. I'm pretty sure it was on my list somewhere. I'd have to look to see where. I think it I, was, too. I love that movie. It's, Eugene, have you seen it? I saw. I watched it one time on VHS. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember nothing of it other than uh, Guy, yeah. Pierce, <laughs> Guy Pierce is in it, and I think he was good, but I don't remember anything about the movie anymore. So. Well, I lo- is if if you like noir, it's definitely I do. a great neo noir. Yeah. yeah. So number forty five, and this is more of a shameful one, but Titanic. <laughs> no, don't be ashamed of that. It's the second biggest, highest grossing movie of all time, and it was... doesn't necessarily mean yeah. good, but That's, yeah, but still, it's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good movie. It is. And I will the only sit, reason it's it, people get negative on it now is in retrospect and because it's, it's been parodied yeah. to death. Yeah. But as far if we're if we're going period piece romance, Titanic is is up there with the all time on that because I mean it doesn't matter if it's on TV, even if there's commercials, I'm sitting. That's like my whole day. I'm like, well, okay, I had plans, <laughs> but now it's just going to be me watching Titanic. Hey, for that, that was the movie hours. that made Leonardo DiCaprio the star that he is today. He's my favorite actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, started it, to me. It started with. That and I movie. love Kate Winslet too. Yeah, I Billy Zane. I, that's a good movie. My heart will go on. Yes, <laughs> for what it's, it's worth. probably the last like really big serious thing Billy Zane did, which is unfortunate that anybody really like paid attention to because he's not a bad actor. No, he's and, not. But I just I don't know what happened. No, that Demon Knight. That was serious. Or he no? was great. <laughs> no, he was awesome in Demon. Knight. He is awesome in Demon Knight, but. That was truly a perfectly cast movie with everybody. Not that that's right. Which one, Titanic or Demon Knight? Demon Knight. I Both. Billy Zane was so Both. great in that as the weird bald cowboy demon guy. And anyway, Titanic and Demon Knight. Back to you, Jeff. Yeah, Titanic and Demon. <laughs> so number forty-four is going to be Hard Day's Night. I'm a huge Beatles fan, and I do love their movies. Hard Day's Night isn't my favorite, obviously, of the Beatles movies, but um, I like this one. And it was the one. It was my first real introduction to watching a music mu- movie, not a musical movie, right. but a movie based on a band or that actually starred the band or something like that. And I love it. It's. It, I mean, it's Hard Day's Night. How can you go wrong with the Beatles, really? Never saw it. Lovely. 
You should check it out. <laughs> All right. So number 40, what are we on? 43 is Near Dark. Oh, nice. Fantastic. There we go. Vampire, yeah. gritty, western. Awesome movie that doesn't get nearly enough credit in the horror com- community, but you I had to throw really? it on here. I think it gets a lot of love. Yeah. I think it, I mean, from the horror community, like, you're, you're a diehard horror fans, yeah, but it, like, if you're thinking general, like, if you just walk up to somebody on the street, they know what Friday yeah, the 13th or Nightmare you. on Elm Street is. But Near Dark's one of those ones that you really have to evidently be involved in horror. Right, I, I got Like, you. I guess. Catherine, Although Catherine I think Bigelow that, that, directed that's it. BS, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny to think of. I know. Isn't that crazy <laughs> that, that, that she made that movie? Probably. Oh, let's see. What else did she make? Point Break? Did she make Point Break? Yes. Yeah, those two? Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked old Catherine Bigelow way better than new Catherine Bigelow. I have to agree. Yeah. I have to completely agree with you on that. I still haven't seen it. She did Hurt Locker, right? I still haven't seen <sighs> that. That's awful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't, it's, I don't really go in for the big military movies. They don't, it's not really my, my thing, yeah. but. But this oh, one Bill Paxton and Lance Henriksen. Oh, so good. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Bill Paxton's like entrance on that bar is fantastic. Like when he's walking across it and he's kicking off all those glasses. <laughs> oh, there was total a, Bill Paxton at his Bill paxton yes. There was a line from Bill Paxton in that movie that is so good. And I, it's something about I'm going to slice you open. Like, uh, it was such a great line. I don't remember it now, but, uh, <laughs> but it was in the bar. It was the bar scene and it was so good. Um, anyway, yeah. I wish I. I'm just letting you hang. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> That's all right. I, I don't know what it was. I haven't watched it in a while. That is a great movie, though. Uh, yes. Yeah, so sorry. number two is is on the completely opposite end of the spectrum. Forty two is Top Hat, starring Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Um, I uh, I might get my love for the weird and kooky from my nana, but my love for classic Hollywood movies um definitely came from my mom and top hat was one of the first movies that we watched together that was like your well the first fred fred astaire and ginger rogers movie in general that i watched um and just it's just a it's just a nice feeling movie it's just one of those movies that comes from that time where everything just seemed i hate to say it seemed simpler because it's such like a cliche line but when movies were just, it was just a movie. Like it was just a fun romance between Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, and they're great dancers, and they get into all these kooky hijinks. But everything's okay at the end because it's 1930, whatever. Right, right. And I don't know. I like it. If you guys haven't checked it out, I, it, it, I don't know about Eric. I don't know necessarily Eugene. Yeah. It would be your cup of tea. But but it's it's a good movie. And I, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with that that era very well, I would definitely check that one out. Okay. Cool. So moving on close to, or moving, what are we getting close to 40? 41. 41 is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is one of my favorite westerns. Nice. Mm. Okay. I can rewatch that ad nauseum. Um, number 40 is a big one, The Descent. Um, there's, mm. I struggled with putting more modern horror movies on this list because obviously a majority of these movies will fall under the horror category, but. Modern horror gets a really bad rap, and some of it is deservedly, some of it isn't. And I think The Descent is, I mean, it's Neil Marshall, who did Dog Soldiers, so there's an automatic win there. Yep. And it's probably one of them, if you're going to be a female horror fan and you want a movie to plant your flag on, that I would would say that you could probably safely plant it with The Descent. 
having a full female cast. Yes, the... I was going to say, wait a minute. Sort of... <laughs> there's some pretty the whole, bitchiness the, in that movie. There is some bitchiness. The entirety of, of the subplot, yeah. sort of, that doesn't have anything to do with the mutants in the cave, um, is definitely a tired sort of female plot line. But... For Neil Marshall, for doing what he did, I think he did a decent job. And The Descent is still one of the scariest movies that I... Well, I mean, the claustrophobic aspect of it gets me every time. It forever will. Suffocating, I can't imagine a worse death, be it drowning or any kind of version of suffocation. It just seems awful. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I'm, I'm here recording a podcast and I'm not splunking. There's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, real quick, though, derail on The Descent. Uh, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't seen The Descent, skip ahead a little bit. Question. Uh, the director's cut, the original version, vision. Mm -hmm. How do you interpret the ending? Now, the original one, or the director's cut is she ends up back in the cave, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, so I, she gets out well, and then is back in the cave. She yeah. gets out and then is back. So, yeah, I, I mean, I interpret it that she did just kind of have a moment of kind of clarity and hope that, oh, I hope this is working. And then when she ends up back, that's it. Now, I don't know. Do you mean, like, what do, do I think that she's turning into something? No, no, no. My interpretation of that ending, which I love that ending so much. Oh, me too. Uh, my interpretation is that she did get out, but the events left her so traumatized that even though she is physically out, uh, mentally, oh, she's she, still there in she her will head. forever be there in her head. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Theory, yeah. Yeah. No, I can... Which I, I think is that. even more fucked up than her just still being stuck in the cave. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that idea. That idea of, yeah, she's safe and sound, but she's mostly just crazy now because she went through all of that. I could see that. Never, ever watch The Descent Part 2. <laughs> no, I have firmly avoided that. Oh, really? I, totally put it, I think it's on Netflix now. It's like, no, I don't. I just, I don't. Oh, you should to. see it at least once to see the absolute wrong way to ever make a sequel. It completely <laughs> undoes everything yeah. from the first movie. Oh. She goes back to the cave and people are, some of her friends are still alive there. And it's, it's, it, oh, okay. it was so stupid. Hey, oh, remember when you so got mad. killed and then came back for the second movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she was down there talking to dead people. It was asinine. Okay. No. Sorry. No. I just love to get people's no. interpretation of that ending. No, I can totally see that. I think that's it. I'm now when I watch it, I'm going to have to, I'll be watching it in that aspect. Cause that is a much more interesting, like that's, you're much more fucked at that. Yeah. <laughs> in that and, case. and when she, cause when they, they do that flashback, like she gets out and she's in the car and the truck goes by and a little jump scare. And then it's her in the cave with the birthday cake and her dead daughter. Mm -hmm. So that's just, yeah, the that's true. 39. 39 is North by Northwest. Great movie. I don't really need to say much about it. It's Alfred Hitchcock. It's Cary Grant. It's it's fantastic in all aspects. And if you haven't seen it, you are truly missing out. No. And you need to just stop listening right now and go see it. Oh, so I Eugene. guess I'm going to sign off right now. <laughs> Bye. Eugene Weaver at Hotmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> Cinema Soft Underbelly. Bye-bye. Click. <laughs> And as you should, because yeah. you are missing out on some Alfred Hitchcock oh. classicness right there. <laughs> number, Bye, I love it. Number <laughs> All right, what are we on? Number 38 yep. is Camp Crystal Lake Memories, which is a documentary, and it's like a 10-hour documentary. 
but I love every it's second so of it. Great. It's an, oh, yeah, it's, awesome. it's it's the way to do a do- if you're going to do a documentary about a franchise series. In this case, obviously Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. You need to do it this way because barely grazing over each movie is nothing compared to the in-depth like investigation and interview sequences they go through for each and every single Friday the 13th movie and the and the TV series yeah. and all the the franchisee, you know, collectible stuff. It's so good. Those guys it, my favorite part of it though is listening to the directors um who did Jason Goes to Hell really 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 try to justify that entire movie. <laughs> oh, they did. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and they're 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 really you know, oh, you guys don't get it. This is what we wanted, and this is what we wanted to do, and we did it right. Well, I'm like, oh no, you, this that movie's terrible. This I like I, I like that movie. You like that movie? That's fine. There's there's always one. Oh, it was. I, I thought it, it. I mean, if you sit down and do like I do every couple of years, and you watch them one a night, back to back to back to back to back, mm-hmm. it gets real. Bloodless for about four movies, <laughs> and then you get to that one, and it like all it's a gore hell fest. breaks. It gore fest, and it's like finally something. You know, after the drought of four crappy movies, it's somewhere between Back to the Future's dad dancing and going to New York. <laughs> that where they just suddenly become all bare, I mean, just like hard PG thirteen. But then yeah. you know what? Friday the Thirteenth Part Four is a masterpiece, and I don't care what you. Oh, say. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, Jason goes to hell sucks, but that's uh, <laughs> Yes, that's, exactly that's okay. Oh, I love Final I Chapter. <laughs> yeah. I will say, Jess, about that documentary, I, Corey Feldman is such, he seems like such a cool, like genuinely cool guy. Like, he, he loves yeah, he the movies that he's have, in. I mean, he's still kind of weird. Like, he's, you can still tell that he's he's still Corey Feldman, yeah. but he seems to have gotten a lot more well-adjusted in these past years. Yeah, well, even, like, I watched the making of uh, uh, the Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood, and he, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it's like t- hearing him talk about. It, he's like, I, I love making movies, and I loved being a part of this, even though no one really wanted to be on the set there. You can tell he genuinely is mm-hmm. happy to be a part of making a movie, and I, I appreciate that about him. That he seems to be humble enough that it's like I don't care what shit I am in. I still like being yeah. in movies. So. Well, and and in Cam Crystal Lake, he talks about how he was really bummed that he couldn't do. What is it? Part five because he had to go or yeah, part four or part five? Part five. Well, part five because he, he had to do the yeah. Goonies. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, and I would have rather been in Friday the Thirteenth Part Five or whatever than in Goonies." I'm like, "Well, it probably was a better career <laughs> yeah, decision yeah, to be yeah, in the really. Goonies, but <laughs> yeah, at least you're genuine. At least you really like the franchise." But oh yeah, that now, see now that we're talking about that, I should go. Or I need to rewatch that uh, documentary. That is a fantastic documentary. Number All right, 37. so number 37 is Dressed to Kill. Ooh, I need to see that. Good movie. It's it's really good. It's not my favorite De Palma, or else it would have made it on my top 100, but Dressed to Kill's great. I mean, it 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 is what it is, and I don't want to say too much about yeah. it since Eric, you hasn't you haven't That's watched it yet. It's just one of those there. things you just need. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I I don't you know, and maybe I'll be t- I'll watch 10 minutes of it and be like, "Oh, I remember this from VHS days," but mm-hmm. uh maybe not. We'll see. I'll good, watch it. Good movie. All right. So number 36 that we've already talked about, so we don't really need to go further into, but A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Wah, yep. Wah. yep. It made it into my 50 <laughs> honorable mentions. That's how much I liked it. Oh, somewhere, <laughs> so somewhere, somewhere Steve from Cinema Sidekicks is going, woohoo! 
Well, good. And so is Missy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> one's for you. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Hey, right, so that's fine. Different strokes. Yep, that's the world. It would be boring as hell if we all liked the same shit. Yep. Yes, nobody would be listening. So yep. they're like, "Yeah, we know it's good." What? <laughs> the collective agreement. Eric, you know, Eric, you and I might great. be the oddballs on that one. Oh, I'm fairly certain that we are. And that's <laughs> quite all right. We're quite oddballs on a lot of shit. <laughs> I just said Jason goes to hell is a good movie. Didn't you hear that a minute ago? Yeah, I. <laughs> And you are talking about how much you love Crispin Glover's dance moves. I, oh, I, yes. Oh, uh, uh, yep. His dance moves are beautiful. You just don't oh, understand. Good old Mr. I don't understand. I yeah. lived through the 80s. You yeah. don't understand. <laughs> anyway. All right. So number 35 is David Lynch's Eraserhead. Oh, okay. Damn it. The, this has been, I bought, blind bought this movie and it has been sitting on my shelf for about seven years. I have not watched it. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. so in order to watch Eraserhead properly, you need to watch it by yourself in a dark, Done. dark room. Done. <laughs> and probably maybe maybe a little uh, beverage to help Done. you out. Done. But it's, it's, it, it's hard for me to say, like, putting Eraserhead on my, on my favorite. It, it's, I can't say that I love it because it is such a weird experience, Yeah. but I, I appreciate it so much, and I think it, it is definitely one of my favorite David Lynch's. It's not one of his most coherent. I mean, it's a fairly simple story, but it's not yeah. a yeah. straight through forward. Really? I guess Blue Velvet is probably the closest. Straight I mean, story, maybe Wild though, the, at Heart. What about the old guy on the lawnmower? That was, I think, fairly... Straightforward. I, Dune is about his most straightforward movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true, Dune. But yeah, you I you need you need to check that one out ASAP. Eric, I wish you could have come out to see it at the nightlight. I man, I didn't know about it. I, 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 yeah, I, I and I don't say that as a criticism. Um it's, you know, that's a Lynch thing. He's one of the few people that can get away with that in my opinion. Exactly. Up until like, that last one. Uh Inland Empire. Holy hell. <laughs> I haven't watched all of it. I didn't. I didn't watch it on your review, Eric. I was like, oh, I'll skip that one. I blind bought it when I worked at Best Buy because I think it came out around that time, and I watched maybe an hour of it, and I was like, there's still four, like four more hours yeah, I, left I of watched this, it and all. I can't, I can't do it. Oh, I got God. to the bunnies, and I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Throughout the whole thing, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> all right, so. 34, we're staying in a sort of surreal theme here going on with The Yellow Submarine, which is another Beatles movie, the animated um, version of basically the entire album. It's just each song from the album, and it it somehow forms the story. It's weird, like sort of the wall, Pink Floyd-ish, 60s, 70s animation, and it's Beatles music, so it's totally a win for me. All right, so moving. Silence over here. I, I watched oh. a little bit of it. I'll be honest with you. I'll take the Stones. I don't care for the Beatles all that much. I was going to say got, this isn't some... a big Beatles group. It seems to be. Are you more Stones? Well, don't feel bad. J- Jason's a Stones person. I like well. Jason. This. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I appreciate the Beatles for everything that they they did. My wife's a fan, but we've come, especially when you put them into Pandora, we've come to the conclusion there's about fifteen <laughs> bad Beatles or annoying or nah skippable Beatles songs for every grade. There are. I got I got really, really, like, I, I discovered Beatles and got really into the Beatles in high school, obviously, when people do. And, no, there there's a lot. I mean, like, Savoy Truffle is a terrible song. 
Rocky Raccoon's a terrible song. <laughs> like there there are a lot of, of of ones that are easily skipped over, but I, I don't know. I really I it's because they're English. I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I know the Stones are too, but they just seem a little more American than the Beatles do. So I raise your Beatles and Stones by one uh, Black Sabbath. I'll I'll stick with Black Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's our defining personality. It is. Yeah. Here. We I, have a Beatles person, a Stones person, and a Black Sabbath. That's about right. That, that's honestly, about right. That yeah. is about right. Yeah. <laughs> I love Black Sabbath too, though. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're you're cherry picking here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on is another one from my childhood, and I doubt you guys have watched it, but it is the Page Master. Um, it was aware of that a movie. young Macaulay. Cal- yeah, it's oh, a young yeah. Macaulay Culkin. He's a a dweeby kid who just likes to read, and his his parents want him to be more of a a regular boy, not so shy. But one night he got, decides to go to the library, and it's pouring down rain. He slips and bumps his head. And it's like one of those half live action and then it turns into animation hmm. thing because he goes into this sort of fantasy world where he has to go through different books. He meets three different books. One's an adventure. I did. I did. Like the cover gave me a never ending story kind of feel. Yeah, me yeah, too. It, basically, it, it pretty much is that. But with mo- but the whole second half of the movie is animated. And it actually was one of my first uh, transitions into horror because one of the books he's be- he meets is is a horror genre book. And so he has to go through this whole, whole like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde land, and everything. And that always appealed to me because I always liked the creepy stuff, even as a kid. And it's just a really good movie. I would recommend you guys show it to your kids if you guys can track it down because it's it's not like a there's there's a lot of stupid kid crap out there. Uh But I think (laughs) obviously you guys know (laughs) understatement of the century. But um, I think this one is one that you guys should definitely show your kids because it's it's a good adventure into to pirates and fantasy and dragons and stuff like that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. So what am I on? 32. Here? 32. I put, uh, don't look now. Just hmm. great. Donald Sutherland, creepy sort of set in Italy. It's got, it's a gorgeous movie and a, a, a nice look at a couple dealing with the loss of their child and possibly being stalked by a little gnome person i will say i want to chime in on that movie jess then um mm-hmm. eric do you i'm oh i was just gonna say uh yellow submarine uh kid movie and then a movie about uh kid dying <laughs> yes. and possible gnomes so we, we were yes. theme i see a theme it's a triple you, header you night. wanted me to have a pick a theme before and I our listeners are getting to know jess <laughs> there we go no that's good that's fine uh I, I i wanted to say that uh that movie there the first time i watched it i watched it two times and the first time I watched it, I, I didn't hate it, but it, it was close. And then I, uh, <laughs> and, and then I'm like, you know what? I need to rewatch that movie. Uh, and, uh, I bought it for relatively cheap on the UK, uh, Blu-ray. I bought that for relatively cheap and rewatched it. And I, I loved it. It's such an, a weird, uh, a weird, thing that like i hate it's a it. weird amalgamation of genres yeah and it, it's not like a very it's not very straightforward horror um so if you were going into it thinking that that i could definitely see why you would be disappointed yeah. and it also sort of feels like a giallo because it's set in italy and it's so much more mysterious and it's like i don't know what genre this fits in so well and it's it's for some reason the second time i was way more creeped out like yeah it's not a full-on horror movie but just there's this underlying feeling of 
dread, dread in that yeah. movie through the whole thing. That the first time, for some reason, I didn't really get, but the second time, I'm like, damn, this is a really good movie. I mean, I gave it four stars on my second viewing. That was one I completely, completely turned around on. Great movie. Have you seen it, Eric? No, I have not. But you it should. sounds. It I've sounds got the awesome. Criterion. I'll I'll pass it along to Eugene. You can borrow it. Sweet. I want your Exorcist three. As I can well, also do. I'll, I'm bringing Eugene and I work together Friday. I'm bringing both of those for you. Cool. Ooh, man, there yep. is a double header right there. Eric. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to my number twenty. Thirty one. Thirty one. I'm going up here. Right. Uh, I got Drive on the list because drive was one of those movies that I was not expecting anything out of. I turned it on. I previously, my, my knowledge of Ryan Gosling was the notebook and I was like, "Eh, okay, I'm going to watch this guy. And it was the complete opposite of the notebook. Um, Ryan Gosling was a total bad, badass, And that score, that soundtrack is just absolutely incredible. So drive. It's a great neon looking vengeance, kick the shit out of you kind of movie. Oh, yes. Agreed. So n- number 30 is Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, which is a Sam Peckinpah movie starring Warren Oates. Um, it's, it, I mean, it's a Sam Peckinpah movie. It's a gritty crime drama um, that sort of has a western-y feel, and, you know, it's got a Sam Peckinpah ending, so not a happy one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's incredible. No, I haven't seen this one. It's great. I watched, and actually, it's sort of a newcomer to my list because I watched it for the first time last year. I watched, I recorded it on T on TCM on a whim, and just was like, okay, I like Peck and Paw. I'll watch this, and I like it a lot better than I like Straw Dogs. Okay. Wow. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll definitely check it out. I I like Peck and Paw, uh, but I've only seen a couple of his films. And correct me if I'm way off base here, but I kind of associate him as the I don't. I'm assuming he's American. Um, the American version of Once Upon a Time in the West. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, uh, uh, shit. <laughs> you're, you're basically right, though. I know what you're okay. talking about. Yeah, he is American. He was born in California, or so this says. Okay. Once Upon a and Time. Okay, now I get Who directed Once Upon a Time in the West? He did the Dollars Trilogy as well, right? Sergio Martino, was it? Oh, Sergio, no. Sergio Leone. There you go. I, I, that's what... Yes. My mind snaps to is the American version of that. And oh, Bring okay. Me the Head of, Gar- of Alfredo Garcia is exactly that. It's more along the lines of sort of an Italian, like a spaghetti Western, right. but not, not full on Western. Right. And he did The right. Wild Bunch, too. So you've seen the if you've seen The Wild Bunch, it's along that lines. Right. All right. So number 29. And I know I'm going to hear some I'm going to hear some cringes on this one. But 29 is Terminator. <laughs> It is what? on my honorable. Why mentions. would you hear some cringes? Oh, because oh, I yeah. thought you were. Because it's only on my honorable mentions and not like in oh. my actual list. Oh no! We see. We already put together 150 movies. It's a <laughs> son of a bitch to put together it that sucks. many. Yeah. Trust me, it made the list. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, applaud you. Yeah. <laughs> Terminator's great. I don't need to go into term. We've all seen Terminator. Everybody listening to this show probably has seen Terminator. It's just it's fun 80s. I mean, it's not as goofy as the later ones, and it's it's certainly not as good as Genesis. I mean, that's that's definitely. I know. My top I 10. agree. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, although gotta say, was not a huge financial success, was it? No, it was totally not at all. Like Terminator Two is what brought that franchise to a head, to life, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, 
That was one where I, I like, I've talked about this many times, but like Aliens, I watched the sequel many times before mm-hmm. I saw the first entry. Yeah. Uh, and then I went back and watched the first entry and was like, holy shit, that was great, man. Like, yeah. I, that was awesome. Well, yeah, because, like, much like Alien and Aliens, Terminator is a, is not quite as goofy as Terminator 2. I mean, yeah, Terminator 2 is still serious. It's still got some really genuinely horrific scenes. Yeah, the sequels are more playful. But they're much more playful. Yeah, Terminator 2 is just just sort of straight, this is what's going on, end of the world, we need to prevent it. Let's go. Right. Alright, so number 28 is uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the remake. Which remake? The, The Rick Moranis one? The Rick Moranis one. Okay. Okay. Is there a more recent remake than that? Oh, I think that thing's been remade four or oh. five times. Uh, <laughs> well, no, carry on. Little, I'll shop, look. little shop of horrors. I uh, it's a musical. It's got a giant human eating plant, and I like the doo wop feel to the songs. So, <laughs> and I mean, Steve Martin's great in it too. And I'm not generally a huge Steve Martin fan, but I really like him and uh, as the crazy dentist. All right. So moving on to number twenty-seven is Streetcar Named Desire. Again, not much to say on that. Vivian Lee and Marlon Brando are absolutely stunning. And, man, Marlon Brando is such a crazy, crazy human being. But yes, yes, damn, yes. did he make some good movies. <laughs> and number 26, we come to the end of, of this, this week's entry. Uh, I have The Wicker Man. Ooh, Again, nice. the original. Nicholas Cage. The <laughs> no, not not the bees, thanks. Okay. Uh. Naturally. Yes, naturally, I assume so. So yeah, Wicker Man. And Wicker Man, Wicker Man I didn't come to until much later in my horror life. Um, so that's probably why it doesn't get quite as higher up on the list as maybe it deserves. But I like the Wicker Man. It's just... It's an acquired taste, I think, and I think it was I, good that I think it's it's good that I came into it later on after seeing so much, so I could appreciate it more. Because I think if it had been one of the ones that I was first cutting my teeth on horror and I saw it, I'd been like, I don't think I care for this too much. There is a learning curve with the uh, earlier seventies, yeah. and you know, when you get into older decades, like from before you were born, I, I agree uh, that was one. Uh, there is an interesting story behind that one. Uh, I randomly bought it when the how uh, not Criterion. Um, Anchor Bay box set. They put out a wood, mm. made a wood box set. Ooh, did you get that? I blind bought it off the shelf at Best Buy because I was like, that is strange. And yeah, it's like this wood uh, burning, uh, like, uh, how do you explain it? They used a wood burning kit to burn in the symbols and the cover on top of this wooden case. So I was mm-hmm. like, that's pretty cool. And I had too much money in my wallet, apparently. Uh, and I bought it and was like, I-, I have to check this out because this case is so cool. Watched it, uh, completely loved it. Oh yeah! Took it to Eugene's house. I think I watched it twice in one day. It was like you got to, you just Dude, like that movie. You got oh, to see wow. this shit, and then <laughs> especially him being the horror meister and having not seen an older horror movie. You know, I always jump at the chance to hey, have you, to you know, show watch something the shit. new. Yeah, I actually found a horror movie that you like or haven't seen. Please watch right now. Uh, and he loved it as well. So. Yeah. yeah, you can currently buy that wooden box for like 60 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> Got it on my shelf. <laughs> well, if you need 60 bucks real quick one day. <laughs> nope. <laughs> that movie like... is so good. That would be a sin. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up my first foyer into 150 fantastic movies. Awesome. Well done. And yeah. 
trust me, once you get down to just doing 10 an episode, it gets a lot easier uh, as far as uh, getting all your thoughts out about them uh, within the confines of our time restrictions. Yeah, the, the, the honorable mentions can be breezed through. Uh, we have done very well this evening, people. We have trucked through this episode yeah. enough so that we still have time for exactly one round of Recently Watched. And that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to give you. <laughs> one round. Uh, Eugene, you get to lead the way, and you can talk about one or two or five or however many you want to, as long as, okay. you know, one round. Okay. Um, so, d- do you guys want me to go into any more detail about the review I posted on uh, Movie Freak's Facebook page, or should I move on to other things? I think we got what we were expecting mm-hmm. with those remakes. Or... Okay. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, listener, if you're uh, listeners, if you're interested in my take on Martyr's remake, <laughs> that shows uh, you how much he takes my advice. Yeah. He's like, just, Derek said no, so here we go. No, so just, here we just go. check out Facebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's about as good as you anticipate. Seriously, yeah, it was. My expectations were low, and it somehow came in under that. Um, okay. <laughs> so, I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a movie that I screened, and I wasn't quite sure what to expect, especially because I'm like, this is more of an Eric Marner movie than a Eugene movie, but let's give it a shot. And uh, I watched this movie called Monster Hunt. Uh, this is a movie that uh, the Nightlight is uh, considering getting in for a uh, for a run. This is the number one movie ever in China. Is that accurate? Like, like that is the accurate. biggest really? movie, or is the biggest like movie ever in China? The biggest money maker ever. Like I think it made three hundred fifty million dollars in China. Wow! Um, and uh, I am happy to report that it is great. I loved this movie. Huh. Uh, and, and honestly, everything about it, I, I'm surprised because I, I shouldn't have liked it as much as I did, but it truly is a fun movie. The special effects are cute. And I mean that in the best way possible because I went in thinking, okay, so basically we were told this is a screener movie that we might be getting into for the theater. Is this something that, that families would like to come in for? Okay. Well, immediately in my mind is thinking, okay, this is going to be a, Family-friendly fantasy movie. And that's exactly what it is. I had the choice between watching the extended Mandarin language subtitled version or there was a 10 minutes edited dubbed English version. Well, of course, I picked the extended version. I'm not going to watch a dubbed version uh, or a cut version. Um, I can tell right away what was cut to get it even more family-friendly because there are some themes going going on throughout the movie that... Lead it, give it a little bit more of a heavy feel, which I totally would not want that cut out. If that is indeed what they cut out, and I'm guessing it is to get more of a. The, the ah, if it's a Chinese movie, though, they 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 will lean a little heavier on the the, the darker theme than yeah. you know that the cut other stuff for silly stuff for runtime. In my in my experience. Yeah. Well, so basically, this is a uh, a, a wire food type fantasy movie with. These creatures that are coexisting with humans and they're, they're being hunted. And I don't want to give a whole lot away because it's such a, it's such a Chinese movie. It's just oozes weirdness. (laughs) Everything, uh, even the, the comedy is very Chinese weirdness. The way the creatures look in the movie 
is CGI, but I really liked the way these creatures looked. It was just family-friendly, cool. Uh, however, I don't think that the, that this movie would do good. I don't think it would play good in the United States. I really don't. Maybe for a little bit more of the, the art house crowd. Uh, but it, this is not a uh, Pixar movie by a long shot. Although the director, I, I believe that the director worked on some Pixar stuff. Hmm. Jess, do you have any information on that? I'm I'm almost positive that he, or maybe was it a Shrek? Um, I know that he's worked on some big Hollywood animated movies. Um, um, I don't have any idea off the top of my. I'll be totally honest with you. Honest with you, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm 99.9 positive that this this director. But IMDb knows who. <laughs> yes, IMDb does. Oh, there he, uh, he co-directed Shrek the Third, and then he over. Okay, then he also helped out with some of the. Uh, holiday specials that DreamWorks came out with. Um, mm. But it's funny. The storyline is cool. It has a couple of really good emotional bits. And I just, I dug the monsters and how they were presented in this movie as family-friendly, yet just wacky, weird, and you're uh, laughing at me. I'm, I, I, I'm biting my tongue. I'm waiting until you're done. And I'm going to, oh, I got some questions for you. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, go for it. I, okay. I gave, I gave it four out of five stars. I thought it was great. And, I, and I'm not, in no way is this meant to dog this movie. I saw the trailer, I thought it looked, I'm more the kung fu guy, so I thought it looked right up my alley. Jess, have you seen Journey to the West? No, but I know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's where I struggle with your review, dude, is because yeah, yeah, I fucking hated that movie, and that movie ruled. And the, the CGI creatures in this one look way more silly. I, I'm fine with that, because I have an, you like, I'm the, the Asian... Kung Fu dork, so I'm I'm okay with that. Like I that I can swallow these things and I accept them. But when you gave me your review, I was like, what? Like the Journey to the West was that was Stephen Chow, genuinely freaking hilarious and uh, interesting creatures. And this one looks way more cartoony. And you're like, yeah, yeah, this, this. And I'm listening. Ah. Are there more monsters in this one? I think so, yes. And I also, I, I watched this it? movie. I, but, it, but these are way more uh, cartoony than, than the ones in Journey yeah. of the West were a little more serious, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, honestly, Eric, this might come down to my mindset watching this. I, I was watching this with the mindset of, should a kid's we bring, movie? well, yeah, sh- okay. this is a kid's movie. Should we bring this into the Nightlight Theater in Akron? Should this no, movie I gotcha. I, I be screened totally under- and, I t- I totally understand that angle of what yeah. of your review because it seems more, and I agree with you. It seems more like a a bigger city where they have a Chinatown, and maybe that's a horrible thing to say, but uh, where because this is very specifically geared more towards that crowd, and American yeah. audiences don't put up with that shit. Right. They do they, like they do with Kung Fu Hustle, and that's about as stretchy <laughs> as they get. Yeah. You know what I mean? You start throwing some dodgy CGI characters in there, they're out. Um, so, uh, yeah, trust me, if you bring it to the nightlight, I'd be there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yo, this is so up your... Now, I will say, I, I really... Obviously, the Mandarin subtitled version is, like, I would... I, there's nothing in there where I would be like, oh, you should cut that out. I... It was almost two hours, and I totally dug all of it. I, I think you were in a bad mood when you watched Journey to the West. That's, maybe what, I take, I, that's, maybe what, should... that's what I take away from this review. <laughs> Time there, for a rewatch. <laughs> no? I want Jess to watch it and tell me what she thinks. Okay. Uh, Is it on Netflix? It It was. Do you like Stephen Chow movies? I'm not familiar enough to make a decision on that. Kung Fu Hustle and uh, Shaolin Soccer. 
God, I Kung like Hustle Kung Fu Hustle. So Hustle. Hustle. I've never seen show as soccer. I love both of them. Hey, yeah, me, me too. Give it a give it a watch if it's still on Netflix. I I thought it was great. All right, but you have to be in tune to those kinds of Chinese the, movies. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like a lot of silly. Well, it's like we were talking about with the Wicker Man. There's like there's some silly parts of the Wicker Man, but it's just stuff that you grow used to from yeah. you know they just kind of throw in some weird things in older movies like that, and it's just a uh, all right, nope, this isn't weird or wrong. It's just the I always style. hesitate when rec- recommending that movie because the first scene that always pops into my head is the girl topless singing her song <laughs> while she's hitting the wall of the guy next door, and it's just so strange. And Christopher Lee is just very pervily lingering out yep. the, uh, outside so under a tree. <laughs> All right, Journey to the West is still on Netflix, so I just added it to my queue, and I will do my very out. best to yeah. have that watched by next episode. If I can. seriously, I should I, maybe I should give that one a rewatch, but I I genuinely enjoyed this one, and Eric, I am very curious. I'm sure eventually you will watch that. Movie. Oh, I'm, I'm all over it. it I yeah. watched the trailer; it looked great, but yeah. I have a tolerance for these things. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, any, any any other reviews or anything else? No, nope, that's this right. Round? Okay, uh, Jess, over to you. All right, so I'm going to make my round pretty quick. I do have a few things on here. Um, I'm going to touch briefly on The Gift first, just because I know you guys talked about it last episode, and I finally watched it, and I wanted to throw in my two cents. My two cents uh, are basically, I did not like it. Um, After some thought and watching it, and spoilers, because now all three of us have seen it, and so Mm -hmm. spoilers, if you haven't, you can stop and skip ahead, but... When we finally get to the part where Joel Edgerton and Eric, you are totally right in saying that the whole idea of this movie is basically be a bigger bully and you win. Um, and, but when they finally get to the point of revealing whether or not Joel Edgerton, like, okay, his wife fell down, we know something probably happened at that point, and then when they finally reveal it and whether or not she may or may not have been raped by Joel Edgerton and that whole cliffhanger of did she, did he or didn't, he i could not have cared less about did he or didn't he it was just the fact that the only decent person in this entire movie aside from the lady from fargo <laughs> who was that the 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 wife the next door okay. neighbor wife. i don't know fargo so I, oh, I, I, oh, TV yeah. shows. yeah i know yeah. i know what fargo is i don't know which person <laughs> you mean <laughs> sorry she was in she was also in tales from halloween but uh, or i'm sorry the wife uh, you're talking about the, the wife, krampus right? yeah the wife okay. but she she is fine, but the only decent person in this movie who was nice to Joel Edgerton, who she was very trusting, and I would have been like, I don't want this guy in my house. I, I would have been more along the lines of Jason Bateman, but you know, not a complete asshole. Yeah. Um. Was was that the only decent person in this movie may or may not have gotten raped? Yep. And I was like, but the, really? <laughs> yeah. So this whole character was just here basically for you to enact your revenge on this douchebag who got you in some severe trouble in high school and I totally get being pissed off at him about it but it was just entirely too elaborate there were a lot of plot holes and the end when he's trying to look at the baby's eyes to find out whether it's his or not I'm like dude you're in the hospital baby was just born I guarantee they already took some blood just have a freaking paternity test that and the eye color uh, having kids uh, just so you know the the eye color changes it doesn't stay the yeah. same. This, so, I mean, it happens in, in I mean, kitten, all kittens are born with blue eyes. They don't all keep blue eyes. It's, just, it's the same sort of thing for human. Like, it's just. I mean, by the time we got to the wife stuff, I was like, nope, not, no, I just, I, and again, I didn't hate this movie. I gave it a passing, I gave it like three out of five on 
uh, letterboxed, which is a passing thumbs up. It was decently mm-hmm. well made. I just had serious issues with some of the plot points. But yeah. I was sort of, by the time we got to the wife, the reveal of the wife thing, I was like. I already knew that. Yeah. I, well, I didn't really care about that, but I was sort of like, why did you have to kill the damn fish? Yeah, what did the, the, what, like, what what did the fish do to, do to you? Him? And did he kidnap the dog then? Did he take the dog or did the dog just leave? There was just a lot. It was like, I don't. And and first of all, did you know Jason Bateman was moving back in town because you organized all these gifts and found out his address real quick if you just happened to bump into him at the store, realize that this dude you hate moved into town, and then yeah. the next day you have all this stuff? I took it more as he just genuinely bumped into him uh and by accident, and then was sort the of like, "Oh, you're head. still a bully, so I'm gonna be, yeah, you know, I'm gonna do my thing." Yeah, like, "Oh, you're not gonna acknowledge me at all," and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I was not a fan, and I was, I was really hoping I would be because it was popping up on everybody's like best of 2015 list. I was like, oh, I need to check that out, and I just, the more I thought, like you said, it's not a badly made movie. It's just the story I have real, real issues with, and I can't, I can't forgive it for that. So I gave it a two and a half star out of five on Letterboxd. And I really like Joel Edgerton. I really yeah. love that guy. I do. And I just, I just, and Jason Bateman, he's a good actor. I, I thought that everybody. He is. I mean, he was believe, like I, I hated him. I was like, you, yeah. you deserve everything you get, pretty much. But your wife doesn't deserve anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. Yep. So uh, my next one here, moving on. I did while I was in Utah. I got to see three movies. I'm gonna briefly touch on each of those. Um, starting with Dragon Inn, which was Kim Hugh, yes. I believe. Yes. Oh, nice. 1967. Um, from what I'm told, this is like your if you're going to start getting into kung fu martial arts movies, you should start with something like this. Oh, I got no. to see it on I, the. Br- I don't even know for sure that I've seen this movie, and I would not say go to 1967. I don't know. I've to. been told that this is like your your classic ultimate of. But I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the genre well. But I did enjoy this. And it, it's got it's it's got that silly martial arts aspect up to it. You know, like with, they're hopping around and doing all these goofy things, especially in 1967 when the effects aren't as great. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that this movie was kind of long, but that also could have been me being jet lagged because I did sit down to watch it at the theater after I'd been on a plane for eight hours pretty much. Um, I liked it. I think. Eric, you should definitely check it out. I think you will for sure like it. Eugene, I don't really know where you fall on martial arts, but uh, you might like it. <laughs> if you can track it down, I don't know. Okay. I <laughs> I have a box with about 200 VHS tapes sitting right behind <laughs> me, and it might be in there. I have it to go probably it. is. <laughs> so the next one I got to see was uh, actually from, a sun- from Sundance last year. It was directed by Rodrigo Garcia. It's called The Last Days in the Desert, and it's the synopsis was uh, uh, Ewan McGregor is Jesus and the devil, and it's basically Jesus out in the last stretch of his 40 days in the desert. Um, and I don't generally care for religious movies. I don't I don't tend to gravitate towards them. And so walking, like going into this, I saw it, I was at the conference. I'm like, well, I need to stay. I need to watch these. It's not at all a movie about Jesus. Jesus is a character in it. But it is not a Jesus movie. It is a father-son movie, like the the relationships of father-son. Obviously, the ultimate father-son relationship, and this boy that he meets on his travels in the family. And it, it's that that's basically what it is. It's a very simple story. Ewan McGregor is great both as Jesus and the devil. I prefer him as the devil because he's he's actually kind of hilarious as the devil. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a gorgeously shot. It was shot in some. 
I don't know, some place in California, some deserty place in California that doesn't look at all American. It looks like you would be out that way. Uh, and I liked it. I thought it was good. I don't think it's a movie that I'm going to be going back to because it's not really my thing. But if you're turned off by very, very overtly religious movies, this isn't one of them. So don't let the synopsis stop you there. And the one that Eric has been waiting for, I'm sure. I watched The Lobster. Yes. Which is directed by Yorgos Semhanamama. Okay. Yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> Who did Dogtooth, which if you've seen Dogtooth, you already know his style is, is absolutely bonkers. But The Lobster is uh, set in a near future of if, if you are single for whatever reason, whether your spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, leaves you, dies, whatever. If you are single, you have to go stay at this hotel for single people where you get 45 days to either find a mate or get turned into a, a, a uh, an animal of your choosing. Because I because they don't really go into why. It's <laughs> because hipster. That, those That's are why. the rules. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> those are the rules in this weird dystopia. This is the weird futuristic society. Um, and it's it's hilarious. It's really really deadpan, serious, like just deadly serious black comedy. Um, it is not going to be for everyone. That's that's completely true. Um, it there was only one scene that really bothered me, and it was just an act of sort of animal violence that I really wasn't I didn't see the need for. But that's my own personal taste. But everything else about this, I was laughing my ass off. And now, now I, I did have two glasses of wine before I saw it, <laughs> so it might have been a little funnier because of that. But I don't. I really, if you if you've seen dog, have either of you seen Dogtooth? No, I have not. No. Yeah, it's it's his style is just very, very bizarre and deadpan. Like they're saying these things that with absolutely no shred of emotion behind them, and it's hilarious. John C. Riley's in it as a side character as well. And I like that John C. Riley does all these kind of weird, super indie movies on the side when he's not doing crap yeah. with Will Ferrell. Um, but I, I mean. Colin Farrell is the star of this, and he's just sort of a schlubby guy. Like he, he's obviously gained a bunch of weight for this role, and he's got this doofy mustache, and it's it's something that you need to see. Now, I can't say that you both would absolutely like it or love it or any of that, but I, I do want you guys to both see it whenever it happens to become available. Okay. I'll watch it, and I, as far as Colin Farrell goes, that guy continues to impress me with his range and diversity of some of the stuff he does. And it's not all, like, Oscar-winning performances or anything, right. but he, I, I feel like he does a lot of genre hopping. And there, and every time I'm like, what? And then I watch the movie and I'm like, oh, he was really okay, good in that. Colin that, was, that yeah. was cool. I liked that. And it's not just because I've often been accused of being his clone, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I have no particular particular love for him. It just, I, I, you know, uh, Dead Man Down, and then he does the the vampire remake. What was that? Fright uh, Night. Fright, Fright Night, Night, which yeah. was, he was great. And that was in intimidating. I thought yeah. he did very good. Uh, in Bruges, he does comedy. It's not the same kind of comedy as in Bruges, but he's just as funny, I think. It's just an entirely different set of, like, delivery on that. He is so damn funny in, in Bruges. Like, yes, I, he is. I've watched that movie at least five times. And 
it, every time he can bring me to tears. Just <laughs> oh, that scene where he's doing drugs with the with yes. the little person. Oh my god, that shit is so funny. That movie um, is one of those movies I just watched on a whim too. I was like, I don't know, uh, okay. I'm, I think I was with a bunch of friends and it was rented on a whim, and we were like, all right, uh-huh. let's sit down and watch this. And it was absolutely hysterical. That was great. Have, have either of you watched uh, the uh, True Detective season two yet? No, no. Very, very curious about that one because I heard I've heard very mixed reviews. On I heard that it was too. just terrible, and I yeah. think I mean I think that a lot of that came from comparing it to the first season, which and when you're a doing a show problem. like that, yeah, which you're when you're doing a show like that where it's something different each season, you it's not really fair to compare. I agree, but you look, different at, look at like Dexter. The first yeah. season will never be topped, and then no. They have these other seasons, and they're good, but they're not that first season good. Up until those last couple of ones, but that's yeah, a discussion for are. another time. <laughs> that's when they started stretching it out. Let's milk I, this Pretty much everything after John Lithgow, I was done with. I was like, everything after John Lithgow? I tend to agree, but I still stand by my statement. That was one of the best season enders of all oh time. Oh my god, that was... In- and they should have just ended it. it should, like, I would have been fine. Like, yeah, there's some loose ends and whatever. I'm talking about the season. The, the series. Oh, the series. You're talking about the, the series finale? Yes. A lot oh. of people hated that series. We disagree. No, oh, that was so good. No, I thought it was... I Seriously, I thought that it had more power than The Sopranos ending. It had more uh, emotion behind it than the... What was another big ending? Uh, uh, that freaking motorcycle gang show. Holy shit. Sons of Anarchy. Oh, Did you guys so, watch yeah. that? that oh, mm-hmm. No. It sucked. No. Oh, I remember when you when you finished that, you were pissed. Oh, I hated it. And so many people loved it, but it was sort of like, you could watch the uh, very first episode of that show and predict how it was going to end. And it's, uh. I hated it. I, I just hate it when it's predictable, and I hate it when it's cliche, and I hate it when it's like, or they like try and do something different and it totally bombs, like Sopranos. Mm-hmm. It was just like cut to black. It's like, what the hell does that mean? It's worse uh, the longer the show has gone on too, because the long the more seasons you're invested, the more pissed off you are when that I agree. Is. And and don't get me wrong, with Dexter, that could have ended like after maybe mm, three or four seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah, didn't need to go sure. to six or whatever it did. But mm-hmm. I really appreciated the emotional impact of that final episode. And at first like right after I watched it, I was like, Well, okay, I guess but then I thought about it for two weeks. I could not get that thing out of my head. I was, I was so like, that was pissed crazy. Off. That was mean. And it ended <laughs> as mean as it began. Uh, anyway. You, 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 you do a good point on that. I was just so mad at the of what ended up happening with Deb, and I thought that was such... Uh, it was just, nice. a, just no. I was not okay. So I need to finish up my recently watched. I just have two more, <laughs> or, or just have one more. Um, I watched the Danish Girl actually tonight. Um, oh. and I, 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 I was really looking forward to the Danish Girl because I find that story to be uh, the true story of Lily Elby, Elba to be great or to be absolutely fan- fascinating. Um, and. The Danish Girl is a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Everything about it's good. All the acting is good. All the shots are on point. Everything is what it's supposed to be. And that was really my issue is that it was a little bit too paint by numbers for me as far as Oscar bait goes along. Um, I will say that the cinematography, though, is gorgeous because it's just fantastically like framed shots of Copenhagen. And Copenhagen's like one of the most beautiful cities I have ever seen. Unfortunately, not in in, uh, in person. person, but it, it's gorgeous. And I, you know, Eddie Redmayne did great. 
everybody did fantastic. The story got through. Awesome. I, it's a thumbs up as far as movies go. It just it didn't live up to what I was hoping it would be. But I also saw Carol first, and I think Carol kind of ruined me. It's mm. the same kind of subject matter, um, just on the opposite side of the spectrum. And uh, I think Carol should have been picked over the Danish girl. I mean, they both are worthy of Oscar uh, of Best Picture nods um, and noms. But I think if we were all if the Academy was going to be douchey and only give it to one LGBT movie this year. I would have picked Carol, but I would yeah, recommend going to see it. Definitely coming out. We're we're keeping it for another week of the nightlight as we should, and I hope you all can come out and see it because it mm-hmm. is good. It just I like Carol more. Me too. Yeah, Carol was definitely the superior movie there. And that ends it for me. On Eight awards are enough. We don't. We have ten slots, but we don't need to give them to any. You know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. The white people awards. We'll get there. Don't worry yep. about that. We. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, I just have one review for uh, this episode, and um, I'll save the rest for another time when we have more time, because I want to chat about them a little bit more. Uh, Switchblade Sisters <laughs> has been the topic of a little bit of controversy here on the dun, show. Dun, dun. On the one hand, we have the hate, I feel like on I'm the other, so alone. we have the love. <laughs> you don't know what I'm going to say yet. I, I uh, think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> uh, in the same way that we all agree that uh, Day of the Dead is the best, and we need a stamp to certify that, and it goes on some list where we're like, Movie mm-hmm. Freaks approved, Day of the Dead yeah. is the best. Switchblade Sisters, uh, it needs a stamp as well as far as being, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I'm inventing this as I go. Um, <laughs> decide for your own damn self, because I'm coming across right in the middle of the two of you. I didn't hate it, I didn't love it. I'm square in the middle. Of- it, no, I, I, you know, I've watched uh, enough grindhouse, shitty grindhouse box sets that I buy because they're two bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sit through ten movies of, of okay, this was grindhouse, I get it. Uh, so my bar is very properly set with the kind of movies that were being shown at drive-ins in the 60s and 70s and at uh, 42nd Street and yada yada. So I'm well aware of where the bar is and how low it can go. And let me Ooh. tell you... <laughs> This is not the bottom of the barrel, not by no. any stretch, because I've watched a hundred movies far worse than this, but I was not in love with this movie. Uh, yeah. It gets, honestly, a straight down the middle of five out of ten for me. It's watchable. Just, wow, just a totally just in the middle. Completely middle of the road grindhouse movie. I, I mean, it had some That's entertaining fair. bits. It had some parts where I was like, meh. Uh, then uh, an armored car shows up for whatever reason. See? And uh, it was like, <laughs> I was like, that's cool. Do mo- more of that, less of everything else, and less rapey <laughs> fighting over what? Huh? Yeah, We're all in love with the rapey and... guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not in love with, just, I was like, huh? He rapes her and then he, she yeah. hates him and then she doesn't hate him and then they're fighting oh, over it, it was like oh but yeah well he Netflix, had the balls to it... rape me I guess but, <laughs> so that all of that was very bizarro and somewhere in the middle there was gang fights and, and then all hell breaks out and it was like uh, I, w- I was very much in the third act I was very much reminded of uh, Death Wish 3 where all of a sudden it's just <laughs> like here's some desolate blown out buildings and lots of random people walking it, around and it does get a lot more fighting. dystopian yeah as it goes along. And then Armored Car. And I was like, you know what? Cars. You went up like two solid points with that Armored Car. Don't know what the <laughs> hell's going on, but that was cool. Uh, but seriously, at the at the end of it, I, I was like, you know, I, 
straight five out of ten. Didn't hate it, didn't love it, right down the middle of, of Mr. Eugene Weaver and Jess Hicks. So see yeah. that one for yourself, dear viewer. Yeah. I mean, and, and they never made the sequel, obviously, that the end was setting up, but yeah. I would have been there for that sequel. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, being right in the middle, I wouldn't uh, I'd turn away from watching a sequel. Let's see what you got. All right. So since, since we're all, I loved it. Eugene didn't. Eric said, eh, it's okay. All you Exploitation Grindhouse fans out there, watch it. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Let's set up a consensus. Yeah, which one of us is the closest to being right? Or well, that's what it's about—is our uh, yeah. proving our opinion. That's and the right. thing is, the thing is, I want to like it because it seems like a movie that I should like. Seventies grindhousey. Uh, there's yeah. so many in that genre, though. Even for being a subgenre of of grindhouse drive-in, Forty Second Street, it's it's it's. There's so many there. Trust me, I have the box sets. Most of them are terrible, borderline yeah. unwatchable, mystery science theater trash. But <laughs> this one was, uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, you could do worse. Uh, we need to wrap this up because we're getting okay. on time. Uh, Eugene, you get, you lead the way. Plugs, tease, anything you want to do. Um, so um, I, I some some great news for all you Grindhouse fans. Black Gestapo is going to be coming out on Code Red Blu-ray. So hang really? on to your shorts. Yeah. The new master race is on the way to Blu-ray. The Black <laughs> Gestapo. So It's exactly Eric, what it sounds Oscar like. Oscar voters. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Yes. <laughs> but uh, as far as movies go, uh, I actually have um, – Jess, have you heard of the movie called What Have You Done to Solange? Yes. Okay. I have so seen I that. actually – have you seen it? You have not seen it? I have. Um, you have. Okay. Did you like it? Yeah, I like it. I mean, for I mean, for a, a, a rape, a rapey rape movie. <laughs> oh, okay. I, there was no Shiza S in yeah. this movie, yeah. but there's plenty <laughs> rapey yeah. enough to get a thumbs up. Okay. So. I, because I, I'm picking that uh, the uh, Arrow UK Blu-ray up, uh, and I'm really excited about that because I've never Camille seen Keaton that. Camille Keaton is watched, in that, right? I believe so. Um, I just know that the American uh, version is very expensive, and I was able to get a used copy of the UK Blu-ray for a decent price, and um, that's one that I've been really wanting to watch, because I've been really wanting to watch as many of those old, late 60s, early yeah. 70s giallos, and that's one that supposedly is one of the best of the bunch. So uh, I will, uh, by next uh, podcast, I'll have a review of that one. I might and, need to borrow uh, that Blu-ray off you because I've seen what what have you done to Solange, but I've just seen it on like a crappy DVD-R burnt yeah. copy now, I have it, of it. Is that one is, any relation to what have you done to our daughters, or is that a completely separate? I think it's just a completely separate. Okay. I think it's a completely separate thing that was just playing off the names. But no, this one it's not. It's not. I, I guess I kind of. It's not as rapey as some Giallo <laughs> movies, but but it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that same. I like it. It's a Giallo movie. It's like how Eric and I were talking about when we talked about the red shoes. After you yeah. see like your big ones, you just keep watching more of them, and you can't stop watching them because you like them so much. But they're all yes. just kind of the same after a while, or or just kind of yeah. like a eh, yeah, that's a Giallo that that fits yeah. all the all the points, and I enjoyed it. But I love them, love them. Um, so that one, uh, that review will be coming up and Ash versus Evil Dead. I'm going to be giving my review of that show, season one. 
Uh, and then there are some other movies that I'm going to be watching before the next show, but I'm um, saving those for, for then, so you'll find out next week. Jess, plugs and tees, please. All right. So, um, as always, I do want to plug the Nightlight Cinema in downtown Akron, Ohio. Uh, we are, like I said, we have the Danish Girl playing right now. You should all come out and see it. And tomorrow, I'm sorry, Friday, we're actually opening up the Oscar shorts. We're going to be showing all four of those. So we've got two documentary series, one live action and one animation. They are all the ones that are up for the nominations at this year's Oscars. Uh, let's see what else. We also have The Boy in the World opening up February 5th, which I'm super excited about. New from G-Kids. Yeah. Um, but as far as me, I got a lot of screeners and stuff from uh, Utah for my art house, um, for my my art house adventure. So I'm hopefully going to be getting into those. But I, I have so much. I've been wa- We've been watching The Americans, so we'll probably fin- up, finish up season two of that, too. But and then maybe one day I'll finally get out to see The Revenant. <laughs> same here. I'm on that same train. I need to get out there and watch that movie. Yeah, I watched a movie uh, two weeks ahead of you guys. Isn't that amazing? Ah. That's the most amazing uh, new movie. That's just crazy. <laughs> Have you noticed how I haven't talked about it? I yep. know. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to die on that hill. Okay. Uh <laughs> For myself, I have an anomaly of cinema to talk about. I have a documentary that almost nobody is talking about, and an 80s throwback that I'm dying to talk about. But we'll save that for another episode. Um, Anything else you guys would like to add? I'm all good. All right. Then, as always, you can get a hold of us at MovieFreaksPod at Yahoo.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Movie Freaks Pod, and on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod, and now on Patreon, Movie Freaks Pod. We're all over the place on Movie Freaks Pod. Uh, Creature Stole My Twinkie, WordPress.com. We're doing blog posts, reviewing movies left and right. Check that out. Uh, check us out there. Um, and I think that's going to wrap us up for this episode. I'm Eric Warner. I'm Izzy Weaver. I'm Jess Hicks. See you guys next time. Thanks. I, you just can't. You just can't not. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Oh, you're no, you're good. There's, it's you know, as Marvel has proven, if there isn't anything after the end credits, it's not going to be successful. <laughs> so here we go.